This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to get to your daily assist in just one second. In fact, our guest, Chris Mannix, has some breaking news he just tweeted out about seconds ago. Gordon Jalen Brown has a torn ligament in his left wrist. Oh, he wow. will undergo surgery and will miss the rest of oh, the season. That sucks, man. That does suck. Yeah, hate, hate to see major injuries really disrupt things. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, start with that. Let's get to it. Go ahead, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, that is rough news for the Boston Celtics. No Jalen Brown probably leaves them as a big-time long shot in the playoffs. Yeah, they were already starting to unravel. Um, tough loss to Miami on Sunday. They've got another one against Miami in what is basically a do-or-die game for the number six seed, for them anyway. Um, and now the absence of Jalen Brown. I mean, it it was already looking like a snake-bitten season for Boston. Uh, this pretty much puts the final nail in the coffin. They'll probably be in the play-in tournament and – I mean, the way in they're playing right now, it, it wouldn't be shocking if they wound up missing the playoffs altogether. Man, the thing about it is, and I haven't paid close attention to Jalen Brown over the past little while, but it seems like earlier in this season he was really rising up, Chris. He was. Um, and Jalen is the type of player that has improved every single year. Um, there was that uh, blip in his second season where – you know, it was the Kyrie stuff and everything was going on. Second or third season, I forget which one it was. But it uh, it was a tough one for him. But other than that, like, everything in his game has improved, especially offensively. I don't know what his final three-point numbers are, but they were hovering near 40% for a while. Uh, he's a two-way player. I mean, he was an all-star this year for the first time. So um, he has been on the rise uh, on for this Celtics team. And, uh, you know, hopefully it, it's uh, it sounds like it's an injury that should make him – fine for next season but uh you know that that really does effectively end boston's chances of being any kind of spoiler in the playoffs can i throw a wrench into this interview for one second because i'd love to ask chris questions where we can turn them loose on something and this is this has nothing to do with basketball it has nothing to do with boxing but i really wanted to hear from you chris what you thought of this bob baffert thing in the kentucky derby you know, I was reading my colleague Pat Forty's column on this, and two things jumped out from, from that. Uh, one is that it's not the first time that a Bob Baffert horse has had some kind of you know, loose connection to a drug issue. They've always been kind of explained away. And, you know, when I hear news like this, I look for a credible response. You know, and for example, like when Canelo Alvarez tested positive for a banned substance in 2018 – he immediately insisted it was from tainted meat, and you do some research, and that's a very valid excuse. I mean, there was uh, an issue with clenbuterol 
uh, the banned substance going on in Mexico when he was training and, you know, he was in meat and he eats meat. So it's, it's, you can see that happening. The trace amounts of it suggest that was possible. Baffert to this point is, is he's still claiming conspiracy theory like that, you know, there's some kind of conspiracy against him and they're going to do an investigation. Like stuff like that doesn't really fly with me. Like I, conspiracy theories to me really, for the most part, only exist in movies. And when, when people like Bob Baffert suggest that, you know, there's, I don't know what he's suggesting. Is somebody like, you know, going up to his horse in the middle of the night and injecting it with a banned substance to a test positive? I mean, there's just, there's not really a credible explanation here. So that to me was, was the biggest takeaway that, you know, if you're looking for reasons not to, not to be skeptical of Bob Baffert, he doesn't really give you them. And, and I'm waiting for, for that explanation to ultimately come. Uh, Jake, give, give Chris the latest one. Oh, what the, the oh no no I've got it right here. Uh, apparently, Chris uh, uh, Baffert says one test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine, and the horse ate some of the hay. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> I, I I don't know enough about horses and drug testing to completely rule that out, but that sounds insane to me. I've I've never heard of of something like that. I mean, look, if you're Bob Baffert, you've got to be worried about what this does to you. I mean, if it's found out that, you know, you were doing something with this horse, then everything else comes into play. You almost become like the Lance Armstrong of horse racing, like where you, you know, everything you've done touched up at this point, which was once considered gold now becomes, gets thrown into question. So, I mean, I, I guess it's throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. That to me, though, it, it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, no, it does <laughs> not. Um, let's talk a little jazz with you, Chris. Um, they've won five in a row. They're two up on Phoenix, um, and without two of their key guys, obviously, with Donovan Mitchell and Michael Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich gets a Western Conference Player of the Week as he's been lights out. But um, I guess, what does it say about uh, the Jazz that they can continue this pace without such impactful players? Well, I mean, it speaks to, and I don't want to say their depth because I think their depth still isn't isn't great, but it speaks to I think the the top part of the roster, specifically Bogdanovich, who's able to step in and provide offense. I mean, I think defensively, you knew they were going to keep it together. It's a very good team, defensive team, uh, so that's not surprising. But you know, seeing Bogdanovich step up the way he has. Over the last uh, a few weeks, it's it's really going to bode well uh, for this team's uh, future in the playoffs. I mean, Mitchell's eventually going to come back. They'll be uh, they've got enough chemistry from the last couple of years not to be worried about that part of it. Um, I, I think it, it's a good sign for where this team is trying to go. And look, if you see the way the Lakers are playing right now, um, you know, in, in the Western Conference, I mean, they're no longer kind of a threat to be. I mean, in the play, I think they're eventually going to wind up as that number six seed as they, they close out the season. Uh, and that would be great news for a top-seeded Jazz team because you wouldn't face the Lakers until you got to the, the conference finals. So, uh, you know, things are kind of falling. As long as, you know, Donovan is at full strength come playoff time, you know, things are kind of falling into place for Utah. I guess LeBron will be back, uh, although that's been sort of a, a sticky uh, injury for him. And uh, But I wanted to ask you about Donovan Mitchell because – how hard is it for these these great athletes to come back from injury and go straight into the playoffs, which might be the case with Donovan? We don't know whether he's going to play a game or two before the playoffs begin. What do you what do you think? Well, it's really hard, and and look, I, I don't know firsthand 
you know, what his timetable is. But, you know, if it means he might have to miss a playoff game to get all the way back, you make sure that he's all the way back. I mean, we just saw with LeBron, who had another a nasty ankle sprain of his own, he probably came back too soon. And it wound up costing him a week. And that's the last thing you need if you're the Jazz. Um, you've got to be very patient uh, with Donovan Mitchell. And look, this is the benefit of being the number one seed, where, you know, presumably you're going to get an opportunity to play somebody that, that you should be able to handle without Donovan Mitchell for a game or, or maybe two. And and that's uh, what you work for all season long, whether it's, I mean, I don't know, the Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs, and hopefully not the Lakers. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, that should give you a chance to, to, to you know, work, work his way back kind of organically. But that, to me, is the key. You know, you want to get him back. You want to get him in rhythm. But more than anything, you don't want him out there worried about that ankle, you know, where he's not driving as hard or cutting as hard or playing defense as hard. You need him at 100%, and no matter how long that takes, you've got to wait it out. What do you make of the Clippers, uh, Chris? Six and four in their last ten, but I still think they're the team to beat in the West. I know that's not everybody's opinion, but what do you make of uh, the Clippers and their chances right now? No, they're not the team to beat in the West. They're just not until, until they get to a conference final, then we can have a discussion about them being the team to beat in the West. Like they're, We talk about this all the time. Like I, I'm... I, what they're doing in the regular season is awesome. Like how they beat the Lakers was great, but it's the regular season. It's what the Clippers do. And I know you can't, you know, fault this team specifically for the historical flaws of its past, but last season they got punched in the mouth and they lost a series. Like they lost to Denver. And, and that's, that's something you have to, to, to be wary of. And the Clippers, hell, they could wind up with the Lakers in the first round. You know, the Clippers, Lakers with LeBron at full strength. We think they get out of the first round, you know, with, with that team. I mean, I still favor the Lakers, in that series. I just, I still have too many questions about the mental toughness uh, of the Clippers. They are an enormously talented team. Two all NBA forwards in, uh, in, in Kawhi and Paul George. A healthy, when Serge Ibaka is healthy, he's a factor for that team. I like, you know, Zubac in the front court. I think Rondo has done a good job solidifying the backcourt. Uh, but, I mean, let's see them do it in the playoffs. They haven't done it up until this point. And, and there could potentially be a nightmare first-round matchup waiting for them in the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris, next time you're in town, lunch is on me after the look on uh, Jake's face when you just <laughs> countered that. It is definitely on me. You picked the place. I I'll said pay. it wasn't popular. It wasn't a popular <laughs> opinion. I knew. I loved it. I loved it. Coming. All right. So, Chris, uh, tonight the Jazz uh, go up against the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry, describe what you're saying. Uh, I mean, he's just having a monster offense. Surprised. I mean, Steph was kind of out of sight, out of mind last year with the injury. Uh, but what he's shown to me this year is that the final, whatever you want to call it, stage chapters of his career are going to be productive ones. One of the questions I had about Steph Curry as he got into his early and the next year or two, mid 30s, would be how effective would he be? I mean, would he be able to stay healthy? Would his his body hold up? I mean, would he still be the same type of shooter? Uh, if this season is any indication where Steph is an MVP candidate, uh, the next few years are going to be very good for Steph, which is great news uh, for Golden State. Now they have a litany of injuries around him um, all season with Clay Thompson, more recently with James Wiseman, up and down that roster. They've had guys banged up. So it, in a lot of ways, it's the Steph Curry show every single night. But uh, he's shown uh, you know, that, that at this stage of his career, uh, he can still be a high, high-level player. And it's not – important i guess for the the warriors this year it's more important next year when you've got clay thompson back at some point you got james wiseman in year two 
Uh, depending on how the draft shakes out, they might have a couple of mid to high first round picks. Uh, there's the, the, the window is not closed on this Golden State team to win a championship. And look, if you're Utah, it's probably not the team you want to see in the first round. I mean, you, you're going to be the favorite. You probably win that series, but you don't want to roll the dice on a Steph Curry explosion in the first round of the playoffs. So that kind of leads into what I was going to ask you uh, about, Chris. Does does Golden State have enough around Steph Curry to make them a team you really don't want to play in the first round? Well, I mean, you don't want to play them in comparison to Memphis and San Antonio and whoever else might be hovering. New Orleans is probably out of it at this point with the, the Zion injury. But so I guess you'd say, like, assuming the Lakers stay in that 6-7 range, and Jazz stay at one. If I look at those three teams, I want to play the Warriors the least. I mean, Memphis is talented, especially with Jaron Jackson back. The Spurs are still the Spurs, and you know Popovich is as good as they get when it comes to uh, scheming stuff in a seven-game series. But I, I just Steph can win one by himself. I mean, he, he can go out of his mind shooting and change the dynamic of a series. So if I'm looking at potential matchups, uh, I'm rooting for somebody else to get that eight spot ahead of Golden State. Chris, two hot teams in the East, the Sixers and the Bucks. What do you make of what's going on with those teams? Well, I mean, look, I've said this to you guys before, and you know, the conversations I've had with Bucks front office members have always come back to, look, our record isn't as dominant as it was last year and the year before, but we're a better team. And, you know, the last few weeks it's kind of borne itself out. You know, Drew Holiday has been as advertised. He's been a two-way player who's taken a lot of pressure off of Giannis and – uh, you know, allowed them, I think, to be a more complete team. And in the playoffs, he just he is an upgrade over uh, over Eric Bledsoe. And Philadelphia, I mean, it's you know, they're getting just enough shooting and just enough quality playmaking around Ben Simmons and around Joel Embiid to to not make that an issue. And look, that's another. They're another team that I do need to see them do it in the playoffs. I need to see all the guys they picked up and the the Seth Currys of the world, the Danny Greens of the world, those types of players, Matisse Thybul. I need to see those guys make shots, but they're an elite defensive team. They've got one of the best big men in the entire NBA and a defensive you know, uh, Swiss Army knife who can defend four positions in the playoffs. So uh, you know, they're formidable. Those, those top three teams in the East are, uh, you know, I don't know who comes out of that mix, but all, uh, Philadelphia is definitely on par with Milwaukee and, and, of course, Brooklyn. What are you hearing about the Nets? Are they going to be full strength at playoff time, or is that still up in the air? I think it's still very much up in the air. I mean, James Harden has said he's going to be back before the end of the regular season. Uh, we'll see if that's true. If it is true, in what capacity? Uh, I, you know, how many minutes is he going to play? Hamstring injuries, you guys know, are tricky. Uh, you don't want to rush a guy back on that one, especially one that's already had a setback uh, in his recovery. You know, the Nets are going to be kind of a, a test case in does chemistry matters, and frankly, does defense matter? I mean, the chemistry issue you can see if only played seven games together, Durant, uh, Harden, and Kyrie Irving, uh, usually need like to win a championship, a full training camp, you know, 70, 80 games played together. That's a, the, the traditional recipe for success. Uh, those guys haven't had that. So how big an issue is that going to be in the playoffs? Uh, my bigger issue is that the defense is terrible. I mean, they are, what, like 27, 28th in the NBA in defensive efficiency. You don't win championships that way. Teams don't do it. I mean, more often than not, championship teams – are at a bare minimum in the top half of the NBA in both categories, and most often top 10 or top 5 in both of them. So, you know, the Nets are, could be, you know, if they win a championship this year, they're mold breakers. You know, we will always point to Brooklyn as the team that proves you don't need great chemistry and proves 
that you don't need great defense to win a championship because right now uh, they look like they'll very much be the exception to the rule. Chris, I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but it's kind of obvious from one standpoint. Home court advantage, everybody wants it. Everyone uh, you know, craves that kind of situation, especially in the playoffs. The Jazz are 31-4 and four at home this year. And if they finish with the best record in the league, how much of an advantage is it in this kind of strange year? So I think it's still a huge advantage because as time goes on, <laughs> you know, we could be looking at full buildings – across the NBA. I'm skeptical that we'll get all the way there, though. I just came from AT&T Stadium in Dallas where there were 73,000 people in in that building, an indoor building. So who the hell knows what's going on, um, you know, when it comes to these these buildings. So, I, you know, Jazz obviously played, have historically played extremely well at home. And as you see these crowd sizes start to ramp up, uh, in the postseason for a, a team that doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, that's going to matter. Look, I go back, I look back in Milwaukee, and you know the biggest reason they lost in the second round was because of the Giannis injury. But that's a team that relied heavily on a home crowd, and and that needed the spring that they got from that type of environment. I think the Jazz might be the same type of team, and might get a little extra boost from playing at home. So having home court advantage and keeping it in these series, I think, is going to be important. Chris, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer. For Sports Illustrated. You know, Jake, as uh, we were talking about Jalen Brown and uh, this strange season and the stress that it's put on some of the players, if you were a bet man, would you say that there will be an injury in the playoffs that will affect true contention in one team or another? Well, see, I hate to bring that up because you don't like to talk about it. it. The answer is yes, but that's not any sort of hot take because it. Every year it happens. Well, it seems like this year, and I don't know, statistically, I haven't gone through and I'm no doctor, but it just seems like, you know, with the injury to LeBron and the injury to AD and the injury to now to Donovan and, and to others, Jalen Brown, others, it just seems like it's, 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 it's stuck out more this year. Yeah, but think about two years ago uh, when the Raptors won. The only reason they won is because of catastrophic, impactful injuries. Yeah. And and really the year that uh, that LeBron came back on the on the uh, Warriors is because Steph Curry and his I think it was was it hamstring or was it his knee it was his sore knee where he was limping through the playoffs and and uh, ran out of gas at the end I mean it just uh, what about uh, the year where Zaza slid under Kawhi Leonard oh, yeah. and ended his uh, playoff run and that was a great Spurs team that year yeah. So unfortunately, I, I think it happens every year. But yeah, I don't I don't think this year will be any different. I mean, LeBron's high ankle sprain. Yeah, it doesn't no help further. when Draymond Green gets thrown out of a game. Uh, no, that didn't help. But that wasn't injury related. No, Although, didn't he try to kick somebody in the groin? Isn't that why he got got kicked out? Like it faded back shooting the ball or something, or rebounding it, and, and yes. Which he had done several times that season. You remember uh, he did it against. Uh, uh, Oh, big guy for the Thunder at the time, Stephen Adams. Did it you to know, him twice in the season. There are some things you just don't do, fellas. Did you see what Luka Doncic did over the weekend? No, I missed it. He do? got a flagrant two in ejection, so he's one technical away from suspension for punching Colin Sexton right in the old Sexton. Did he? Yeah. How did uh, how did Sexton recover from that? Uh, I haven't asked. Man, I, Jake... 
Come on. I know you think it's funny. I do think it's funny. I mean, and, but, and, but, but it's not. It's also good gamesmanship. But if you get if you get busted, though, you have to, you know, consequences. What do you mean actions. good gamesmanship? How is that good in any way? You mean when uh, all those years John Stockton was setting picks and, and if his elbow happened to, you know. Uh, is that going in another region? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there like a cliche about it Stockton? It just happened to be that height, Jake. That you were gonna you were gonna be sore after a game against Wait, the Jazz because Stockton's of, height, his elbow was at the same level yeah, of most yeah. NBA players' junk. Pretty infamous for you know. Well, if I'm gonna slow you down a step, here's how I'm gonna do it. You know how you can't get back on defense when you can't breathe, right? <laughs> I didn't know that about Stockton. Tough to fight through a screen when you're <laughs> worried about your future generations. I never yeah. noticed that about Stockton. He went after the uh, the onions. Really. I can't believe I'm breaking news to you about this. Uh, I did not know. I didn't remember that. I mean, I thought maybe, you know, the uh, lower back area, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe a, a kidney. Uh, I don't know, something in there, but I didn't know he went after the beans. Yeah, that's fine. It's good gamesmanship, <laughs> that's like not I good said. good gamesmanship? Yeah, it's like coming no, in, it's no, like no. sliding in with no, your cleats up. I'm not you know? going to let you get away with this one. What? That, that is off limits. Oh, no, that, that you're off crazy. off limits. Unless you, like, uh, find yourself alone in a back alley and the Hulk is about to kill you. Yeah. Then you might do that for, you know, to live. Yes. But only under those circumstances. I'm trying to figure out the best way to... to, uh, When you were playing pickup basketball, Gordon, and someone took a jump shot, you didn't... Have a little flick with the hand, no. you know. You know what I mean. You never, you never, <laughs> never did that because the point of doing that is now every single time that person shoots, you know what they're going to be thinking about? Not making it. They're going to be thinking about <laughs> you did not do oh, that. Oh, like every game I played. You are a bad man. Chris Paul's made a career of it. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's off limits. Well, then that that other player needs to show some mental toughness. <laughs> I can't believe you've never done that. That no, is that is key strategy. Not a single time. Not a single time in all my days of playing basketball, which was a long time. You know, these never. Are, these I, are mind games, man. Those, that's, that's, no, that's dirty pool, man. The other one you do is uh, when you're going up for a rebound, you grab a big handful of the other guy's shorts. So when he goes up, his pants start going down. And then for the rest of the game, all that dude's thinking about is, is this guy going to pants me or what? And then they're, they're not thinking about the rebound. They're thinking awesome. about... No, that Austin. one's real. That yeah. one's real. oh, that was it's it's the the you always first rebound you're going up against someone get a handful of shorts and just make them think about it. That's all. You never punched anyone, Austin, in the beans, did you? No, I'm a real man. I'm not talking about punching. I'm just what's the difference? It's just a flick. No, I'm not talking about. No, I'm no. not talking about putting them out of the game. I'm just talking I mean, the about the hand make, motion's no, not necessary. Giving them something yeah. to think about. You keep your hands off another man's stuff here. You just don't do that. I guess you don't want to win. <laughs> wow. Urban you know, would be okay. I, with th- it. I thought I knew everything about you, Jake Scott. I did not know this. Are you are you looking at an athletically gifted person? I mean, I'm not under the misconception that I'm, I'm just uh, you know one pickup game okay, at the sports on. mall away from playing for the what? Mavericks. <laughs> so I got to do everything I got to do. Wait, what? When you were playing tennis, uh, someone lobs a ball and it's short. Are you aiming for a certain target on the opponent's body? I was never that good. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen a few times, but yeah, I was never that good. You never, you never even gave it a try, huh? 
I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to know from our listeners whether what you you know your your estimation, the the esteem you had for Jake Scott has it just gone down a couple notches? Uh, boo hoo! I mean, <laughs> not gonna hurt my feelings. I mean, I'm probably gonna have a lot fewer volunteers to play pickup basketball with me, but I haven't done that in years anyway. And you know what? You know, to Jake's point, you know who I'm not gonna ever try to fight. A guy who says and admits that he goes for the uh, the twigs the and mid- berries. Well, okay, that that's a way to say it. I have a really funny off-air story for you about that. About funny to twigs who? or berries. <laughs> uh, anyway, want to remind you about our friends at the Dyslexia Center. Get your foursome together. Oh, bad, bad, bad. And sign up today <laughs> for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds uh, goes to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. This guy used to deal from the mound in high school. I mean, how do you think he got there? You think you know him, man. I, I, I thought I knew him. Oh, I threw at guys all the time. Is that? Mm, some things you don't do, Jake. You don't do it, Jakey. You could throw at guys in baseball? What are you saying? You don't at, do in that. In another region? All the better. I mean, <laughs> stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow mojo. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. We've got little like sayings or jokes within the team. Coach comes up with some crazy ass name for like everything. There was one day that I'm assuming it was after we had like 30 turnovers and he was probably losing his mind and was 15 coffees deep at 5 a.m. and hadn't slept and he came in talking about throwing strikes. We'll be scripting through some offense, going through what we want to run for the next game and if you don't throw a strike and it's a bad pass, coach is making that group go again and redo the whole play or set or whatever we're doing. We do take pride as a team on those little details and I think it makes a difference you can roll your eyes sometimes thinking coach is a little crazy but he knows what he's talking about oh yeah catch jazz man Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network what time is it it's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz this is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks working from home or with a hybrid workforce get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net ring the 30 point bell bell Boyan Bogdanovich is your Western Conference Player of the Week for last week, Monday, May through 3rd through Sunday, May 9th. Uh, of course, the week culminated with a 124-116 to victory over the Houston Rockets on Saturday night. Jordan Clarkson talks a little bit about that game. This season period has been tough. You know, a lot of back-to-back game. You know, we, we definitely fatigued, but that's not nothing that we really looked at. You know, we tried to, you know, fight through that. After a big win, you know, Kind of got a little like, I don't know if you want to call it a hangover, but you really like, we put a lot of energy into that game, wanted to win. And then coming in, this is how, you know, sometimes you slip up on games and you lose these sometimes. It's definitely something we just had to really fight through mentally and just keep pushing and uh, doing what we do, continue to communicate defensively. And, you know, that's how we stuck out this win. Jazz back at it tonight. They're in San Francisco to take on the Golden State Warriors. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. Still no 
Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley for tonight's game. Bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. You can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz at it tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Gordon Kendrick Perkins, who's a hot take machine these days, by the way, for uh, ESPN. Uh, yeah, should we should we play this? You want to play this clip? Let's play Kendrick talking about uh, Steph Curry. If we're talking about the same thing, what, what no, do you want to play? Uh, the, the, oh, his hype video the for the rambling Jazz? about Ru- Rudy Gobert and how he gets... <laughs> Nothing but disrespect. Oh, we were going to talk Steph Curry, but we could do this. I thought we were going to go in the same place. We could do both. Why not? Um, Do yours, and then if there's time later. uh, Perkins called Steph Curry the most entertaining athlete in all of sports today. Said, quote, he's the greatest show on earth, unquote. Question to you is, Gordon, who's your favorite player, NBA player, to watch play basketball? I mean, if if you're flipping around the old league pass, who gets you to stop when they've got it going? Uh, Steph's a great answer. Yeah, Steph might be the answer, yeah. but I, I'm curious. Because what he does is just so uh, – what's the reason people love to watch NBA basketball? They like to see human beings do things that they can't do, right? Isn't that the reason? That's part of the reason people like the Olympics. Because you see – speaking of which, did you see DK Metcalf uh, entering yeah. in that 100-meter uh, race? Finished last out of nine? But still, he's 6'4 and 235 pounds. Anyway, uh, we like to see people do things that, that, that we can't do. And that's Steph. Right? It is. And, and maybe that would be my answer. But I, I, might, I might include a guy like Damian Lillard, uh-huh. you know. But uh, Steph, Steph goes right to the top as far as I'm concerned. Because dunks to me really, I mean, they're fun to watch, I guess, at times. But. When I watch Steph play, I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, how, how did you do that? So I, Steph might be the answer just because for the, all the reasons you lay out. But can I tell you that I love watching Kawhi Leonard play basketball, and it really bugs me because I really dislike his career <laughs> and what he's kind of been about through his career. But I love watching him play because it looks like he's not even trying. He's like the most casual-looking player ever, and he just dominates. Hmm. I mean, I, I and Steph's a little similar where he, what he does, he, he makes yes. it look so effortless. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of a, a similar vibe there. But it's it's almost like, you know, no wonder Kawhi's great in the clutch because it looks like he doesn't even, it, like, he's just going through the motions, but yet he's leaving the best NBA players in his in his dust. So let's ask a question this way. Of all the players in the NBA, who would Jazz 
fans most like to see playing with the Jazz. I bet Steph would be right at the top of that oh, list. Oh, yeah, Steph would be on anybody's list. Or Damian Lillard. Or I mean, it's almost... It's almost ridiculous to talk about, but but, but you're right. It's kind of like woohoo, you know, just fling it up there from 28 feet. No big thing. Because LeBron's amazing, but he doesn't look like it's effortless to me. Yeah, he's working. Yeah, he's working. And, and again, I don't mean for that to sound like an insult. You know, LeBron's amazing. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it just it's weird. It looks when Kawhi and Steph play, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's difficult. It looks like they're just out there. Being and there are players who are la- who aren't quite as good, obviously, who get criticized by their coaches because they think the coaches think they're not working hard, but they are, but they just make it look casual. Yeah, but see, that's the thing with Kawhi though, because I just I don't like what he did to the Spurs. Yeah, you know, I don't like basically his uh, trying to get all these impermissible benefits out of teams to sign him when he was a free agent. You know, he, he basically had Toronto hire all of his buddies and then left anyway. You know, I just, the, the whole, he's the poster boy for load management, which is a, yeah. a thing that bugs me. Like, I do not want to like Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to, I don't want to enjoy his brand of basketball, but I do. Nothing you can do, man. You know, and, like and you, you like. know what? I love Steph's story. Absolutely love Steph's story. So maybe I should pick Steph instead. You know he played here in Utah once in a tournament when he was in high school? I had no idea. Yeah, I did. You mean when Virginia Tech was not recruiting him? <laughs> he was uh, He was like six. I mean, he might have been five nothing. I don't know what he was, but he did play here in a tournament. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I can't argue that one. I I agree with you. Who else would be on that list? I know a lot of people like uh, obviously watching LeBron plays, the major ratings driver in the NBA still. A lot of, Damian Lillard's a, a terrific answer. Kevin Durant makes it look easy. He does have a little bit of that effortless uh, nature to his game. I don't know what about Kevin Durant, why he wouldn't be that my answer. His ability to get off a shot is just something to behold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rudy honestly might be in my – See, Rudy B has become for me like watching the offensive defensive line in the NFL, where it's just maybe not everybody enjoys watching him play defense, but when you know what you're looking for, he's really fun to watch. I mean, it's it's kind of funny to watch players get into the lane and then just turn around. <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. It, it and happens all the time. And it's really entertaining from a, like, that's, one of the greatest basketball players to ever do it, and they just the mere presence of Rudy com- completely leads to them changing their plans. Jake, I don't know if you saw it the other night, Austin. I'm sure you did when Rudy blocked that hook shot. By oh, you. I saw it. That was amazing. Uh, amazing. Who, who blocks no a one. hook shot? No one. Absolutely no one. Yeah, and and, and Jokic, how many of those hooks has he shot this year? Hundreds, <laughs> probably. Yeah. And I bet that's the first one that's gotten blocked. <laughs> He's like what? What just happened yeah, it, here? It's amazing in in like a, a in an unconventional type of way. It's incredibly fun to watch. Isn't that what people used to say about the Kareem Skyhook that it, it was unblockable? Right. It was a hook shot, and Rudy blocked it. But it's not just his blocks. Like the way he plays against the pick and roll, where he guards both players for a <laughs> period of time. I mean, it's just it, it's it's pretty amazing what he's turned himself into. Well, apparently, uh, according to Kendrick Perkins, he is. Uh, one of the most underrated. Do we want to play the Gobert thing? Should we? I've actually, I have not heard this. I saw this online 
but I have been a little it's in and something. out lately for for a week, so I actually have not heard this. Let's give so, it a listen. Uh, just to set it up, Austin, this is just a video Kendrick Perkins put out there. Correct. All right, here we go. <laughs> You guys got to understand, just like in video games growing up, we never played with Utah. Even as great as Carl Malone and John Stockton were, we would have never picked those guys in video games. Never. I mean, damn. Do you ever suffer from disrespecting the Utah Jazz? Do you ever see Rudy Gobert and say, what's that French dude's name again? Do you hear the name Spider? And your first thought is never Donovan Mitchell? We all know y'all millennials listen to a lot of hip-hop, Drake and all those fellas. But kicking back and vibing to jazz is as OG as it gets. I get it. I understand that sometimes it's hard not to talk trash about Utah. And y'all want to throw salt on Salt Lake City. But I have the solution for you. What's good, my good people? It's your boy Kendrick Perkins, Big Perk. And here at Hoop Streams, we just want to help. And if you're tired of the jazz disrespect, just call the damn number on the damn screen. Or hashtag respect Utah Jazz again. And make a difference. Hell, even Dwayne Wade wants a piece of the pie. I don't. I. I honestly don't know how to react to that. <laughs> so, I told you. It was something. Remember when I told you that that Utah and Salt Lake is easy to drag and everybody just enjoys it. Yes. I mean, there's there's evidence. One right there. It, it, what do what do they say that? Uh, um, exhibit A. Exhibit A. There it is. Even when they're pseudo complimenting, kind of <laughs> the Jazz. You know, Salt Lake may be a complete dump. But do you ever see Rudy Gobert? Gobert. Yeah. Thanks for that, Kendrick. That guy, that guy uh, just got re-upped at ESPN. How about that? And Kenny Mayne got fired. And Kenny Mayne got fired. Why would Kenny Mayne get fired? He said salary casualty. I'm sure Kendrick Perkins is cheap. Kenny Mayne is one of the most entertaining guys you'll ever see. And expensive. Kendrick Perkins doesn't have to know anything, yet people still give him attention. Wow. All right. Well, well, yeah, I, I, I kind vanilla of, ice cream on the side. I had sort of the same reaction you did to Kendrick uh, trying to sort of be complimentary, but kind of condescending at the scoop of vanilla ice cream on the side. Kind of condescending. It's it's like, why, why do we need Kendrick Perkins' help around here? Wait, you guys think he was? This was a a, a parody that he was doing. I I just yes. I'm not sure that it was no. a flat-out parody. It looked very, very, very sincere. I could be wrong. This uh, the, Like when the Warriors a few years ago talked about the nightlife, I just hate this stuff where Salt Lake and Utah in general just yeah. gets mocked. just bugs me. Actually, maybe it shouldn't because, you know what, don't move here. <laughs> well, people are moving here. I know, that's, that's what thing. I'm saying. You know what, Kendrick's right, don't move here. Isn't this one of the fastest-growing places in the world? 
It is the fastest growing place in the country, albeit not as high a clip as it was 10 years ago. But. Well, I look across uh, Salt Lake City skyline right now and I see like 10 uh, cranes. I know. We building, used to have, building buildings and whatnot. We used to have a beautiful mountain view out of the studio. Not anymore. Not anymore. I can't even see the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I'll look over that way. Maybe you can see something. Not yeah, sure. Salt Lake may suck, but you should still love the jazz. <laughs> no way. Actually, don't. Again, why? just don't move here. A lot of people are. A lot of people are. All right, stay tuned. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up next. What's going on at 5? It's the big show, 97.5 and 12A The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got what's going on coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, but right now it is time for the... Actually, isn't it time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game? Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win his own prize back. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Jake, apparently there is a phenomenon going on in shipbuilding yards over in Europe. Okay. They are building super yachts for the super wealthy. Well, that's not a surprise. That's what shipbuilders do, no? Well, <clears throat> let me just read you this. It says here that the the pandemic put new value on so-called explorer yachts, some of which can cruise for 9,000 nautical miles without needing to refuel, according to one chief executive officer of a super yacht builder. Quote, clients can enjoy life at sea for long periods of time without having to go mix with others. You know who the latest one uh, is? It's got a yacht coming his way, I think, uh, in the in the month or two ahead. Your guy, Jeff Bezos. He does. Did you see this story? I have seen this story. His yacht will be 417 feet long. Woo! Half a billion dollars, Half right? Half a billion dollars. And he's not alone. Steven Spielberg is selling his yacht, his old yacht, for like $160 million to get a new one. Well, did you see that Bezos' yacht is so big it has its own yacht? Yes, it has, a, <laughs> it has an accompanying yacht with a helipad on it to, uh, to attend to business with, uh, with Jeff's boat. I, you know, that kind of wealth is just hard to even wrap your mind around. Particularly because he probably uses it like once a year, too. (laughs) I don't know. know, It seems to me you can find something better to do with half a billion dollars than buy a yacht. But, you know. Apparently this is catching and it's tough to, uh, one executive said that you can't, I mean, they're all booked up. They're all booked up building these big yachts for. Uh, really wealthy people. And when I saw this story, I immediately thought of Austin, wondered what he might think of of this kind of expenditure. 
Uh, not 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 good things. I don't think good things. Because about I it. know what Austin thinks. Austin thinks all the good you could do with half a billion dollars. Yeah, think of than, all the Sarah McLaughlin commercials you've seen of starving puppies and children that you could feed instead of buying a ninth yacht. You, is but it, hey, enjoy hell. Is it is it okay if they are already contributing a lot of money is to world their, hunger solved? charities? Is world hunger solved? Yeah, but if if uh, what about like uh, Bill? Does Gates? Does everyone get free Bill tuition? Gates, Bill Gates has been donating, giving a lot of his money away, right? Hasn't he? Yeah, to Jeffrey Epstein. If you saw the latest, yeah, there. I, I saw I, that I, story I, today. I, did, I didn't see that. No, mm. uh, quality uh, company. You know, old Billy keeps. Uh, you know, you won't way, like my. By the way, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting. Do you see that? He's getting divorced. I did see yeah. that. Yeah. That, thus, this is one of the reasons he's getting divorced. Is Austin. The story Austin's bringing I, up. I, I see. So the yacht thing, uh, even if somebody, what, under what circumstances would it be justified for a rich person to have a uh, a 417-foot boat? Uh, if they are a take, using that boat to take food to Africa or other starving nations, then go for it. Even then, you could spend that half a billion dollars on a much uh, more efficient sea vessel for such a task. Lifetime makes hell of a canoe. Okay, so, kayaks so, what, so how much is Jeff Bezos worth? Too much. Do we know? It's What's, over $100 billion. Okay, so if you've got that much money, and let's say you gave 20... $191 billion. Almost 200 And that's after his divorce, right? That's, I don't know. I know you're trying to get uh, justification here, Gordon, no, I'm but just the, trying, answer, I'm the answer is no. No, I'm trying to figure out what... what I mean, if somebody is giving away billions of dollars it, for good causes... Is it then okay for I'll him take to a have cut. A half a billion? No. Yeah, but you're not you're not in need. I'll use it for things that are in need. <laughs> I won't be buying a yacht. Yeah, Austin's but, but, more in need than. But why? Why, why it's should it's excess? It's excess and gluttony. But but if he is giving, uh, that's what I'm trying it's to figure out It's simply to here. say I there, own ten not, yachts. There's, so, so I know what you're trying to do. There's so, not so a point. So it's not okay. <laughs> this is uh, this is downright sinful. Yes. I thought you were going to go the Bible. The direction of. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the direction of, do you have to uh, tip a, a ship maker? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that was a deep inside joke right there. This, this That's ship, a four-year-old cut. This ship is only $500 million to a guy who has $191 billion, so it's just a fraction of his, you know, of his net worth. It doesn't matter if he can afford it. Who cares about that? You know how much it would cost to solve world hunger? According to the most recent study, how much estimates of how much money it would take to end world hunger range from seven billion to two hundred sixty-five billion per year. Per year. So, but if yeah, you but take, does Jeff Bezos have to take that whole responsibility upon himself? He does not. But but then he? do I not have to? Then do I? Am I not allowed to criticize him for not doing that? <laughs> yeah, are you and not, building he, eleven yachts? Are we not uh, allowed to uh, hope that he gets torpedoed in international <laughs> waters? I mean, that's perfectly fair. Yeah, again, read the Bible. It says nothing about that. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but if you get uh, boarded by Somali pirates, I'm going to kind of cheer. <laughs> I'll blast them right out of the water. You're so I me. sent the Somali pirates your coordinates. Sue me. Whatever. <laughs> okay, I just wondered if it was okay, even if he is donating large amounts of money to good causes. The beautiful thing about capitalism is, yes, it's okay. Can a man not you know, enjoy a little bit of luxury? He sure can. That's not a little bit of luxury. 
That's not true. That's a lot. That's not like oh, I splurged on the shoes with the orthotics. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to take a a, a, a week uh, going to Disneyland, you know. So if you had $191 billion, what would you do with it? Would you give away uh, uh, you know, 190 of it? Would you give a billion to me and Gordon? Oh, at that point, sure, why not? Yeah, what, what's the difference? Yeah. yeah so then- why not sir, solve world hunger with it? What's the difference? So okay, I'm just trying to figure this out in my mind's eye. What Austin? What what is? I mean, is it? Uh, would you relieve him of your judgment if if he uh, gave away uh, all but one billion of it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, then, then be and okay. Any bought a yacht? Yeah, cool. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. If, if I had that much money, I would I would spend some of it at least on on getting a large enough casket to be buried with it. With all the money? With all of the money. Maybe he's, maybe that's, I don't know the size of the ship. Maybe that's his plan, to have a Viking funeral on his yacht. Can you imagine if if Jeff Bezos' kids opened up his will after he passed and he said, my last wish is to be buried with all of it? (laughs) I'll tell you right now, I want to know where he's being buried. I want to be buried with every penny. And in pennies. In pennies, that would 191 be $191 billion. Austin, if it brings any comfort to your soul... It won't. It is that uh, Jeff Bezos one day will die. <laughs> that's, that's Does that make you feel any better? I'm not... Took a no. grim turn. <laughs> it didn't make me happy. Well, you uh, can't take it with you. You can try. <laughs> you can take it with you momentarily. <laughs> you, can, you can give it your best effort. I've got a shovel. You're going to keep it all for yourself. Yeah, it's like the the Egyptians were onto something back in the day in the afterlife, you know? Didn't they they put uh, coins over the eyes so you'd have some money in the afterlife? Oh, that's right. Yeah, see? Uh, Yeah, but that was to pay passage into, uh, you know. The yacht. The great beyond. How do you know they weren't right? What if I got to bribe somebody right off the the gate? Right out of the gate. Got to bribe St. Peter. I'm going to want that $190 billion. So uh, here's the bo- here's the bottom line that I'm getting from you too, is you're hoping that Jeff Bezos gets on his 417 foot half a billion dollar yacht, and then the Kraken comes up and sinks his ship. No, you know the Kraken of a, a nuclear submarine, whatever. <laughs> Not picky. Yeah, I just, just a bad day at sea. I want. Uh, I want. Uh, the sea was angry that day. <laughs> I want to, what was Sean Connery's character in Hunt for Red October? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Admiral. Uh, oh, what a great hairpiece that was. Uh, I I would love for him to you know be a little bit confused and on his sonar see that uh, that yacht and be like, well, we don't know exactly what it is. We better blow it up. <laughs> Ramus. His name was something. Marco Ramus. Alexander. Marco Ramius. 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 What a great show. Yeah, the show where they decided, oh, he can't possibly. Do a Russian accent, so we better just fade this back into English real quick. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Sean Connery. <laughs> He's a Russian. He's playing a Russian. I know. Didn't uh, could you find someone who could do a Russian accent? Uh, 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 what's his name? Han Solo did a, a, a Russian submarine captain, and he wasn't any better. Harrison Ford. <laughs> so one last question. For In fact, Austin. his was worse. Yeah, well, I would rather funny. have the fade into English than whatever it was it back. that Harrison Ford was <laughs> I, doing. I'd take it back. Austin, if, if Jeff Bezos offered you a billion dollars out of his uh, $191 billion, would it change the way you felt about him? 
No, it probably wouldn't. It wouldn't? No, but I'll take the money. I've given him a bunch of that, by the way. (laughs) He owes me something. All right, stay tuned. What's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The great Craig Bullerjack. The big question is how do you reintroduce Conley, who I think has been through this before, but Donovan hasn't. Donovan's never missed this much time, so hopefully he and Quinn have had conversations about being brought back in and trying not to overdo it and just fit back in and do his thing. So that's probably the next challenge ahead for the Jazz, is that you think, okay, great, you've had a lot of depth to get out on the floor. Trent Force has wowed the crowd a bit. You know, Clarkson, you got to give credit to Joe just kind of running the show at the point. And now, and as you close in, hopefully, we get another update on Donovan and Mike as well. And we'll get a better feel for where they are as they try to maybe play the final two games of the regular season, if not before. We'll see. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, Ryan, from the Dish Professionals. And, uh, Ryan, there's a lot of cool things that you can do with Dish, and we'll, we'll talk all about it. But Austin and I were just arguing about the hunt for Red October. I love the fact that you can just talk into your, uh, your uh, remote control. Like, find me uh, bad Sean Connery accents, and then all of a sudden it's going you know, to find it. No, there's so much cool stuff out there, and you can save money, too. It's a really great deal. It is a great deal, and you know it's it's just easy to operate, and you know that's a, that's always a positive, right? You want a system where you just say what you want, and it's on. And uh, Dish has done such a good job with updating and innovating their system to make it better, simpler, easier to operate. You know, all the way back to um, the forward thinking years and years ago to buy buying Blockbuster. Um, they didn't buy it because of the stores, but they bought it for all the contracts and all the mo- all the moving listings. And you know, right now there is over sixty thousand free movies on Tish, and that is such a cool number now to be able to talk about that on the radio. And uh, you know, if you get set up, you get the voice remote, you can say Sean Connery to the voice remote, and it will search and show you everything that's available. You can watch. And here's the cool part: and let's just say one of the shows is on Netflix. It'll tell you that it's on Netflix, and then you can just say watch on Netflix, and it will launch. Obviously, you need to have your own Netflix account, but this kind of works around the flexibility of, you know, there's more than just one thing that people typically want. But what's important is that you get a system that's easy, simple to use, and it's less expensive. And, guys, if you've got an older system, you're missing out on all these neat features that are built into the hopper, and you're probably paying more. Um, there's a reason that we sold DirecTV for years and years. AT&T bought it back in the, the, uh, like 2012, and it really took effect about 2015. They've done nothing. All the equipment is exactly the same as it was a decade ago. And you can't have a computer or a smartphone that was made in 2009. Why would you want to have, have a satellite receiver? So call us up. Let's upgrade you, and it'll be cheaper. So you'll pay less money. You'll have more features. You'll have the Pac-12 network. Heck, if you sign up right now, you get this great Nest IQ cam from Dish. This is a $299 camera, and it's integrated with the hopper. Call us. It's a great time to do it. You'll save money. 424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. Thank you very much, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. Give me a call right now. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.